Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, author of the best-selling residency match guide, The Successful Match, and creator of the Residency Interview 101 course. This is a special series on the podcast called Energized at Work. We hear so much about burnout in medicine, and it is a real and very challenging problem. That's why I wanted to learn from doctors in all types of specialties who are the opposite of burned out. These are the doctors who are energized by work. I'm looking forward to sharing lessons and secrets from these doctors on this special series. excited to be speaking today with Dr. Sajal Desai, who is an obesity medicine physician. And one of the reasons I was so excited to bring her on is because when I was in medical school, I did not know a single obesity medicine physician. And I think this is a really exciting area for medical students to learn about, to be aware of. And Dr. Desai is a perfect person to bring on because she has been in practice for close to 20 years and she's double boarded in both family practice and obesity medicine. She's also the medical director of Tula Medical Weight Loss Clinic and Wellness. And I'm really excited to hear what you have to teach our students about obesity medicine, Dr. Desai. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about today. (laughs) Yeah. And um, that's one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this series was to have students hear from physicians who really are excited by what they do, who are really energized by what they do. And that was one of the things when you and I met and we had a conversation about what you did, that was one of the things that really struck me was how passionate and how excited you were about what you were doing. So um, just to start with, can you tell us what an obesity medicine physician does? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It is definitely a passion of mine and I'm so happy to have found this passion. Um, And what we do with obesity medicine physicians is help patients um, look at, have a comprehensive overview of their health and help them figure out ways to lose weight and keep it off long-term. We take take into account four pillars Um, of medicine as we're doing this. So we're looking at their nutritional health, their physical activity, behavior modifications, and we utilize medications um, to help patients achieve this. Surgery, metabolic and bariatric surgery is also a part of it. I'm a family physician by training, and so I don't perform surgery, but I certainly help my patients if they choose to to get surgery, I help them prepare for it and I help them afterwards as well. So that's also can be a part of the treatment plan for patients who want to um, lose weight. But it's more than just weight, I would say it's really a lifestyle change because as we all know, you know, working on weight loss is more than just a number on a scale. So I really believe that what I do and the reason I call my practice part of it is wellness is because it really is looking at the whole patient and um, and helping them just live a better life. So we don't focus so much on numbers. Um, I say we focus more on health. We help 
treat and prevent chronic diseases. Um, and it really, and one of the reasons, Rati, you probably had not heard of obesity medicine physicians is because this is a relatively new field of medicine. The AMA didn't actually even recognize obesity as a chronic disease until 2013. 2013, that's pretty recent. Wow. Yeah, that is. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a new field. It is absolutely a growing field of medicine. Um, and so it's an exciting time to be part of it. Yeah, and I'm so glad that I had met an obesity medicine physician um, fairly recently, but that's a real struggle in dermatology where obesity is definitely a comorbidity for a lot of our chronic diseases like psoriasis. They often go hand in hand. And so having a specialist that we can refer to um, who's as passionate about it as you are is really um, fantastic um, from, you know, for all fields of medicine. Um, and I'm sure, how do you, um, how do patients find you? So I, well, my initial training is in family medicine. So I started off um, as a family medicine physician. I've been doing that for over 20, about 20 years. And, you know, so my, I, I had always had this kind of desire and focus for preventative health that kind of just made sense to me. You know, Benjamin Franklin said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, you know, so all, yeah. of, <laughs> all of that, you know, just kind of resonated it resonated with me through um, even early on, even in medical school, I would say, because I was probably the oddball student who did not jump to go, you know, be at like the Whipple procedures or be the first in line to put, put in a pick line or anything. I really look at, looked at those patients and thought, how could we have prevented that? You know, even back then I used to think that. And so as I was in family medicine, practicing family medicine, my focus started becoming more on prevention and helping prevent chronic disease. And so as I um, got more and more into this field and started then learning about the whole field of obesity medicine, where I can, because we know weight does play a huge role in many chronic diseases from head to toe, almost every field of medicine. So not surprising in dermatology, of course, but every field of medicine, um, um, there are, there are, conditions that are associated. And so I started um, focusing more on that. And so patients and other providers started referring their patients over to me. And I decided, you know, I really wanted to really learn this properly. Um, as a family physician, you know, we have 15 minutes sometimes with our patients. And I was trying to, you know, help them with their weight and at the same time taking care of their sinus and hypertension and diabetes and trying to do all of that in a 15 minute visit every three months was just a lot. So I decided to further my studies in, in obesity medicine, get board certified. And so once I did that, then kind of the floodgates opened, I think, and um, all the other providers who, who, you know, because there's such a big need for this field, um, every single specialist and primary care doctor was like, yes, I have patience for you. I have patience for you. So it was um, as soon as I opened, I felt like it was it was a lot of, of patients right away because um, there's a lot of a lot of patients who need help in this arena. And I think that that's where, you know, we can I can actually sit with them and listen to them. It's different. A lot of times they they get patients get told that um, this is their fault or that this was, you know, they could have they can just 
eat less and move more. This is where an obesity medicine specialist comes in and says, we know that this is a metabolic and biologic condition. This is not your fault. We can really, you know, take the time with you to get to know you as a person and get to know your history and get to know um, what challenges you've had and what you've done and, and really help you through those struggles and, and be there for you. So finding the patients is, is almost the easy part in this field. <laughs> I mean, what you're saying is just amazing too, because I think about everything we're learning now about social determinants of health, which when I was in medical school was not a thing, even though it was a reality, but we didn't, we didn't talk about it. And, um, and I think about what you're saying about obesity medicine and how you're pulling in all these, that it's not just eat less, move more. There's so many other factors. And so that's pretty amazing that you're able to sit down and listen to a patient and work with them. Because I think that's also another issue is that maybe a lot of those patients have not been listened to previously. Um, exactly. And, and that kind of brings me to my, in, to my next question, which is if somebody wanted to, so I had two questions for you. One was your own career path to obesity medicine, which you touched upon, but also, if, um, you know, if it's a student or a physician listening to this, how can they uh, become an obesity medicine physician? What is the pathway? Yeah. So, you know, I think the first thing with anything, and especially as, as a medical student or resident is um, really trying to figure out what is your calling? What is, you know, what is it that you want to do, right? Because we're so young when we are, you know, thrown into medical school, I feel like, and you have to make a yeah. decision by the end of medical school, what you want to do for the rest of your life. And and I think it's, it's worth it to take some time to, you know, think about what your calling or your purpose is. Um, and that may change over time and that's okay. But I think sometimes we don't think about things. We just go into something because we had a good rotation in that field or we had a good mentor. Right. And so, so um, I think that that's where my path kind of changed a little bit from family medicine to obesity medicine is because when I started thinking about what my purpose and calling was, and I I define that as two things. I think figuring out what your purpose is, you have to take into account what your skill set is and what your passion is. And so when I thought about my skill set as a physician, and I think about my passion to help patients feel better, live their best lives, be healthy, and be well long-term, and I combine those two, that's that's how I felt like I, you know, found this field of obesity medicine. And that's, you know, where I truly feel like I can live my passion now at this point. And I think that, you know, um, that's important to kind of take, take some time to consider what it is that you want to do and, and how you want to, um, to help, you know, patients. And if, if it is um, something that you're interested in, which we need lots of, um, uh, lots of providers in this area. And, um, obesity medicine is also something that you can do as an adjunct to um, whatever else you're doing. You know, everybody in this field, um, it's not their only um, area. Most, most of the physicians in this field have, go, have done something um, else. They've done 
primary care, endocrinology, they, you know, we have gynecologists, neurologists, I mean, you name it, anything. And you can, you do use this as an add-on because as we talked about, obesity is a, is a big thing in every single field. And so having this education and having this, um, you know, board certification is, is important to get those extra skills to add that on. If it's something, um, so to, in order to do that, it's it's through the American, um, oh my gosh, American Board of Obesity Medicine. That's how you get board certified in the United States is through the American Board of Obesity Medicine. If you go to their website, you know, there's lots of good information on it. But first of all, even just to find out about um, obesity medicine in general, I would say start with Obesity Medicine Association. The Obesity Medicine Association has lots of good information, um, articles, online CME. They have wonderful conferences um, two times a year. I think our, well, the next one is not, but the fall conference is actually in San Antonio in Texas. So um, it's a wonderful national organization that has a lot of great information. And I think for a medical student member, it's um, like $25 a year. So it is well worth it, especially if you have any interest in this field at all, um, well worth it to be a part of that and get, get all of that education and training. Okay. And from a practical standpoint, there's not a residency in obesity medicine. So you would do a residency in some other field first. Right. And then I have seen people do fellowships, yes. but you have to do a fellowship to be board certified. So I'll, I'll let you go into that a little bit more. Yeah, so currently you don't have to do a fellowship to be board certified in obesity medicine. There are fellowships and it's a growing field um, and there are more and more fellowships becoming available, um, but you don't have to be. There is a separate pathway um, to get your CME and to take the exam and become um, board certified in obesity medicine. That will change over time. I think that'll change as this field grows. Um, but right now we need as many practitioners as possible. You know, we need as many people to learn this material. We need as many people to be practicing obesity medicine as possible. Um, this is again, you know, like I mentioned before, it's a growing field, but you know, the statistics show by 2030, there's almost 50% of our United States population will have obesity. That's a definition of a BMI equal to or over 30. So almost 50%. So by 2030, which is not that far away, if we think about it, especially for you medical students and residents, <laughs> that's going to be your future. So um, I think the need is there. Great need is there. So you don't actually have to do the fellowship um, to get board certified currently. Now, if you did want to do a fellowship, is it a one-year fellowship or two-year fellowship? It is a one-year fellowship usually. Okay. And the pathway to fellowship, is it any primary care residency or uh, does it just depend? Actually, it's, I, there is no, um, there's no set standard on that. You can, you can do fellowship after any, any field of medicine. So, um, okay. I think, yes, you know, you can do it. You can have done endocrinology and do an obesity medicine fellowship or done dermatology and do an obesity medicine fellowship. So, um, the fellowship is open to anyone. Interesting. MD or DO. Mm -hmm. Well, I know you're very passionate about this area, but, um, I do have a question that I like to ask. And I like to say that, um, I love my work, but I don't always love my job. <laughs> 
because I love the work of connecting with patients one-on-one, but I don't always love data entry and paperwork. Um, So what do you love about your work and what do you not necessarily love about your job? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So there are so many aspects that I love about my work and especially what I do now because I actually left my primary care practice to to focus solely on what I love, which is obesity medicine. Um, I love the patient interaction. I love now that I've opened up my own practice, um, I've asked actually stepped away from a lot of the things that I didn't love when I was doing it before, which was a lot of the documentation, the paperwork, dealing with a lot of the insurances. I think that's still my biggest battle um, and what I don't love the most being told by insurances what medications I can prescribe, and especially with anti-obesity medications. Um, they're extremely expensive, especially some of the newer ones. We have wonderful ones that are not. So I will put that out there. There are lots of ones that are not, but um, there are. we're still working on you know, battling insurance companies for coverage of these medications. So I would say that's kind of my daily battle and hassle of every day um, you know, that I still... I'm hoping in the future as obesity gets recognized more and we have more and more people advocating for patients with obesity, um, this becomes better over time, but it is, you know, dealing with insurance companies is, is always just the biggest challenge, I would say. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, I'm glad you share that because it's good for people to know going in, um, you know, that, okay, this might be the price you have to pay in order to do what you love. And that's right. Uh, And And it does take time, you know, to do all of those things. I mean, it does, you know, and as we know, like when we go into medicine, we think, you know, that we're just going to go and be able to treat patients and help patients. And that's what we're going to get to focus on. But unfortunately, as in every field, there's all this other stuff that goes along with it that we we have to learn and we have to still deal with. And and it's all part of part of what we do as well. So kind of goes goes with the job. (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. You just have to go into it with that attitude. Like, okay, there's going to be parts I'm not crazy about. Um, And one of the things I think you really exemplify is that as physicians, we're really lifelong learners and we're also passionate about taking on new challenges. And so what have you, um, I know you and I have talked a little bit about some of your volunteer work and some of your advocacy work. So can you tell us sort of what, um, beyond patient care, sort of what are you looking at um, in the future in terms of areas that you're interested in? Yeah, so one of my big passions in this field is, well, two big things. One is to educate patients and the general population. And the second is to educate healthcare providers um, because, <clears throat> Again, it is a it is a newer field, and even a lot of healthcare providers don't even know that we exist. Um, so, you know, let um, I, I do a lot of work in both of those areas. I do like to volunteer my time and and do different things throughout my community to help you know patients and um, adult and kid kid patient, children patients to. Um, to learn more about health and just being healthy overall, eating well, moving more, 
less stress, um, sleeping better, just all the behavior modifications that we can do to, to be healthy and stay healthy. So working in the community is a big part of what I love to do and volunteering is a big part of what I love to do. Um, and then on the other end, um, working with healthcare providers as well. I do a lot of education um, through different organizations. I do a lot of talks and, and things like that to work with healthcare providers, um, obesity medicine providers, um, and also um, just healthcare providers in general to spread the word about obesity medicine. And there's a there's a big bias um, in with patients with obesity. A lot of times, um, even from our own field of medicine, even healthcare providers um, tend to think that patients with obesity um, just are lazy or don't have enough willpower. And so that is absolutely not the case. And so it is a big passion of mine to make sure that that word gets out and that we are not part of the problem, that we're part of the solution. And you know that we can that we understand if we don't treat it ourselves, um, we're all we all run across it. Um, so we need to at least guide our patients to get them to the right um, uh, place so that they they can have help in in their disease process. Just like with anything else, we wouldn't you know just tell a patient with diabetes, well, just go stop eating sugar and that's it. No, we would do a lot for our patients with diabetes and and obesity is a chronic disease just like that. So. So it is a big, big, big passion of mine to work in both of those areas to help, to help um, spread the word and help with education. Okay. That's an amazing mission because I think what you just said about healthcare providers, that sometimes they can make the situation worse with the words that they use or the recommendations that they give. Um, that's really important work. It is. And it's very important. And we know what we say as healthcare providers is so important. I had one patient who came to me from her gynecologist and said she had to lose 100 pounds. And her gynecologist said, if she didn't lose 100 pounds, she wouldn't be able to get pregnant. And um, it was she was in tears, of course, when she came to me, but you know, she just had that in her mind. And um, we, you know, I worked with her very closely to try to help her lose weight. And by the end of the program, she had lost about 50 pounds, which is a lot of weight. To lose 50 pounds is a lot of weight. She was just not happy because she had it in her head. Her gynecologist told her she needed to lose 100 pounds. She, it, it took me another, like, I don't even know, years, I would say, to really get that mindset out because she had been told, you know, you have to lose this amount of weight. And that is just absolutely not true. We know even five to 10% can help a lot of these chronic diseases. 10% can help your patients with psoriasis um, um, improve their psoriatic arthritis. And so um, it doesn't have to be a certain number. And again, what we say as healthcare providers matters greatly to these patients because they really, really look up to us. And so it's very important um, on how we, what we say and how we treat our patients. Wow. Yeah. That's such an important message, such an important message for every student. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one thing that you had said to me um, that I feel like we need to share with our listeners is that you called it happy medicine. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about that? 
Yes. And so, you know, the reason I do call it happy medicine is finally after 20 years of practicing medicine, I feel every day when I'm done at the end of the day, I am, I'm happy. I feel like I have truly accomplished my mission, which is to help patients. And, um, you know, as we go through this process, this journey with patients, I'm helping them get off of their medications for blood pressure or diabetes. I'm helping them prevent chronic diseases. I'm helping them, you know, feel better. You know, it's sometimes it's really just like they may have lost 10 pounds, but they're like, I have so much more energy, you know, or because of you now I'm sleeping better, you know, now I'm meditating. And I know that that has, you know, increased their lifespan because we know this interplay between the mental and the physical is, is, is a big part of, of medicine that gets ignored. I feel like in the Western culture. Um, and so when, when I work with patients and teach them all of these things, they're just feeling better. And there's no real way to measure that. We don't, we're not looking at, you know, you can't look at a number to measure that really, you know, um, but they're telling me they're feeling happy, which in turn makes me happy. And all around, I just feel like it's, it's happy medicine. I go home now and I am truly just excited about it. And um, I really love learning more about it because I know that it, everything I learn, I'll be able to utilize it some way to help my patient. And, and truly it just, it just makes me and makes my patients happy. I think so. <laughs> that makes me, that makes me so happy to hear because, um, there's so much talk about physician burnout and rightfully so, because a lot of physicians are trapped, um, in the wrong kind of um, setting or in the wrong kind of position where they're not able to provide that care that deeply speaks to them and um, where they can feel like they are really, truly doing what they train to do. But um, you're showing the other side of that, that um, that you can go home at the end of the day feeling really that you've done meaningful, fulfilling work. Absolutely. And burnout is real and burnout happens and burnout happened to me. I feel like, you know, when I was in my primary care practice and still, you know, doing practicing obesity medicine as well and COVID hit, that's hit right at like the middle of all of that. And, and I felt just overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. Our medical practice stayed open throughout, um, throughout COVID. And so I was so inundated with all of that, that I didn't have the time or the energy to put into other aspects of my life. And um, I felt like so many things suffered. Um, my obesity medicine practice suffered. My personal life suffered. My, I feel like my kids suffered because of it. Um, and my health suffered because of it. And, um, and I, burnout is just, it's never good for anybody. And it was because I was just, sometimes we all have to go through certain things. And, and obviously COVID and a pandemic is, is a certain situation, but it opened my eyes to really realize what um, I needed. Um, and it really helped helped me realize that primary care wasn't my calling anymore. It helped me make that move over to obesity medicine where I started, you know, to um, focus more on other things in life that mattered to me too, because 
we are also human beings. We are not just doctors, right? We have other hats we wear that are just as important. To me, being a mom is just as important. It's more important than being a doctor, right? Like there's being a friend, being a daughter, um, and just being there for myself is, is important as well. And I felt like I got lost. I had lost a lot of that stuff in, in the last, you know, even prior to COVID, just had lost myself in, in primary care, the rigmarole of just, you know, doing all the day-to-day -day stuff that I had to do. I felt like I lost myself and I lost that meaning in life. And when I took a step back, I actually took some time off just to do nothing, just to find myself again, to spend some time with my children, and then to um, put into, you know, at least get my thoughts down on paper of the type of practice I wanted to have that would bring me joy. And that's what led me to Tula Medical Weight Loss and Wellness. And Tula, Tula means balance. It means balance in Sanskrit. And to me, um, that was just the word that kept coming up in my life. It was balance in my life. I wanted to balance my work with my home and, you know, children and family. I wanted to balance all of that. And it also means balance for my patients because, you know, um, healthy living and even weight loss, it's about balance. It's not that you can't ever have ice cream ever again, or you can't ever eat, you know, carbs ever again. It's about balance. You know, we need to balance the good with the bad. And so Tula resonated with me. And I feel like now I'm actually able to practice what I preach and make time every day. And it is something I have to schedule every day. I schedule my workouts. I schedule, you know, I schedule time for self-care because self-care is not selfish, right? Self-care is not selfish. We have to schedule time for our own self-care. As, as I tell my patients all the time, if we don't put that oxygen mask on ourselves, on ourselves first, like they tell you on an airplane, you have to put it on yourself first before you put it on your children. Because if we don't do that, um, we're never going to be able to take care of all of those around us. So I feel that, you know, making time for that helps me also be more fulfilled in my career, making time for myself and making time for my family. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. So I'm so, I, I mean, that's fantastic that you found a way to live that value. Um, that's wonderful. So um, Dr. Desai, for our listeners, um, if they want to learn more about you and your practice, where can they find you? Um, they can go to my website. It's Tula Medical Weight Loss and Wellness, and that's T-U-L-A-W-L-W.com um, for all the information. I can also, um, if, if in your bio, we can post the, uh, my information as well. Um, if they want to contact me directly, I can post my um, email and they can contact me if you if they'd like any information. I'd be happy to help with any questions or any more information that I can impart um, or help in any way. Please reach out to me. Uh, well, thank you. And we really appreciate that you took the time to come speak to us today and yay for happy medicine. <laughs> yay, thanks for having me. <laughs> Certainly.